0: And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Hopefully you guys had a phenomenal end to last month, phenomenal beginning to this month. Hopefully you have a very clear path forward for the rest of this year. We're basically at the mid-year point. We've talked excessively and extensively in the last two weeks about how to basically get your head screwed on straight for the rest of the year. And if it isn't screwed on straight, if it's ever so slightly off-center, what you can do about it, go back and listen to past podcasts. They're available, of course, on your favorite podcast listening widget, you know, be it iTunes or Stitcher or just hop over to our main website, timandjulieharris.com. I think we have over 2,000 shows there for your listening pleasure at any time. The show looks like it's tracking to have 2,000 regular listens within the next month or so. So this is and has been and will continue to be as long as we I think Julie and I continue to do a good job providing you guys tactical and practical information. The number one, listen to daily podcast for agents, and we sincerely appreciate your continued support. So today's topic is a fun one. and um, you know, as a lot of you know, you got uh, Julie and I are working on our new book, which comes out. This time next year, it got pushed back (laughs) because uh, Julie came up with a lot of of new content. The book's basically going to double in size from our last one, but such is the way you guys deserve the best quality product we can produce. That's what the new book will be. So um, this is some content that we're working on for the new book, uh, a chapter, and the topic of today's uh, podcast is Mindset Hacks Rich People Know That You May Not. Ooh, how about that provocative? Julie, welcome to today's podcast.
1: Thank you. It's going to be a fun show.
0: Anybody you would like to uh, acknowledge or recognize or thank or praise or – Yes. Yes.
1: Well, you know, last week we gave them a big ramp-up slash, I don't know, guilt-trip motivational speech about working on Memorial Day weekend. And Gersha Hestick porter writes, quote, On Memorial Day, I worked by previewing a home for a buyer client and posted pictures on Facebook and Instagram which one of my friends uh, who referred to me sent me a text from that. Within five minutes, we spoke, and now I have a $750,000 listing referral. Thanks, Tim and Julie, for telling me that I needed to work on Memorial Day. So nice job, Gersha Porter. Make sure you follow up on that and close it the rest of the way, but that's just one glimpse. I just got off the phone with one of our, uh, two of our great coaching clients out in Long Beach who put together not three, not four, but five new transactions last week, ramping up into the big Memorial Day weekend. So yes, work does occur even on holiday weeks and holiday weekends and of course we've got the month changing here in the next couple of days and expired Palooza continues so take it not just from us but from your colleagues who are having great success by doing what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it and doing it at a high level even on holiday weeks. So really no excuses here and that will set you up for of course the next 30, 60, 90 days out. Not taking it seriously pretty much ensures that you're going to have some dry months coming up. And that's terrible in the middle of the year because it's going to be followed by the holidays, maybe by some crazy weather, followed by tax season. So you've got some built in other excuses coming. You don't get to have them during the summer. Just wanted to turn up the heat a little bit more. Since when you work, absolutely, you get paid back. Cash spurts versus cash flow. Well, cash spurts come from work spurts, cash flow comes from being in the thick of it and doing what you don't want to do even when you don't want to do it and doing it at a high level. So back to you, Tim, and we can get on to our uh, mental tricks of rich people.
0: So expired Palooza is this entire week, obviously. And Julie, I don't know how many coaching calls have you had scheduled for today? I had like six and I had one person show up because the rest of them are are at the beach. Well, guys, I only tell you that because these are coaching clients. Julie and I's personal clients pay $2,000 a month. It's elite coaching, right? And generally speaking, you have to be at the top of your game to have Julian and I as your, you know, there's some people that want to jump in the thick of things right from the get-go and they get their licenses and they have money from other careers or whatever, and they're entering into this business as business people. So they're, they might hire us right away, but for the most part, most of the people that we work with are at the top of their careers. And uh, so I'm only sharing this as a little tidbit of information for the rest of you who want to get there as fast as possible. I had six calls like this scheduled today one person showed up, the rest basically didn't show up, rescheduled, whatever, because they're not working this week. And these are agents, that are the, some of the best agents in the country, the name brand agents, the famous agents you see on TV. Those are the types of people that Julie and I personally coach, and they're at the beach. <laughs> so this should be encouraging to the rest of you who think that, uh, you know, somehow you're at a disadvantage because you don't have a lot of experience or you don't have even as much know-how as experienced agents. The way we sold over 100 houses our first year in the business, and this was over 20 years ago, but it still is relevant today. The way we did it is the way you do it too, outwork them. That's the one advantage you'll have. Even if you have lack of knowledge, lack of experience, you can outwork them. You don't have to be smarter, prettier, taller, faster, thinner. None of those things, younger, none of those things. You just have to outwork them. If you're willing to work outwork your competition, if you're willing to do what you did want to do and you did want to do it at the highest level, for example, did you work over the weekend? Did, are you going to work this week? Are you mentally already checked out this week, hoping that somehow magically you're going to come back and have the motivation necessary for you to actually you know, have a, a great second half of your year? Or are you working through the holiday? Are you at least calling out? Are, you know, did you work through Memorial Day? Did you carve out at least three or four hours a day? Are you planning on working or coasting this week? These are all the questions you have to ask. But the answers, the ramifications of the answers are far greater than you can possibly imagine. Because what you decide to do this week, oh, Tim, give me a freaking break, bro. I just want to have some hot dogs and go to the beach. I hear you. But here's the thing. If you coast this week, you know damn well you're going to coast next week. And you know damn well you coasted last week. That's three weeks. So here's a little pisser of that little, you know intend and, and to be plan, a lazy plan. You're going to punish yourself, not next month necessarily, but the month after that, maybe the month after that, depending on how long it takes, generally speaking, for you to go from a contact to a closing. In most markets now, it's three or four months. So the money you made this month, I want you to look back three or four months and thank that version of you. Go back to you know, February, March. And I want you to thank that person if you're having a clo- if you had money in May. Some of you, some of my own personal clients are having their best months ever. I've had coaching clients this month that have earned 200, 300,000 in commissions this month. Okay. And they want to celebrate. They're trying to rationalize uh, taking time off. They want to do this, the other thing. A lot of them did, you know, why not? Right. And they got great months coming up in uh, June and great months coming up in July. But I have to remind people at that level, that they need to go back and thank the past versions of themselves that were three or four maybe even six months ago that's the reason they're having these wonderful months now so if you're having and if you're a complete opposite and you're having a crappy month this month and you're having a crappy month last month it's because three or four months ago you didn't do what you frankly you just didn't do the work you didn't do what you were supposed to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level you didn't actually you were maybe maybe you just discovered this podcast Maybe you've basically been fooled by all the fools out there trying to sell you the idea that you can passively uh, network and market yourself and book and social and this, buy this, the other thing, the and all the other bullshit that's out there. Maybe you were believing that and now you've come to the realization that you're not going to waste any more time and money trying to basically buy your business. You're going to earn your business by doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. Look, guys, I know work sucks, but this is the reason it's called work and not play. So if you want to have great, a great second half of your year, what you're working now for, many of you, are having a great – to have a great uh, Christmas, holiday season. I don't know if many of you can think like that, but that's the truth. That's where you're working for right now, what you're working for right now. If you have families and you want to have great Christmases for your kids and you don't have to worry about money, it's about what you do today. That's the bottom line. That's the truth. And that's one of the things that rich people know. Rich people know that they have to work when other people aren't working. They have to do what other people aren't willing to do. And they have to do it at a high level, not just calling it in. Actually the highest level possible because their goal is to get results as quick as possible, but their results can't be faked. They can't be Facebooked. They can't be direct mailed. They can't be branded or logoed or, Oh my gosh, I have to worry about you guys get all this passive stuff that you're all being seduced by. And I realize. All the snake oil salesmen are out there in the thick of it because we're mid-year. How many people have been sending you guys emails? And how many people are showing up at your offices trying to sell you easy button ideas? Droves and droves of them, office managers, brokers. You need to respect your agents and tell all these snake oil salesmen, hell no. And the one filter you need to put in place before you let anyone in to talk to your agents is what are you going to try to sell to my agents Is it something that's going to try to seduce them into being lazy and passively lead generate? Or is it something that's actually going to teach them skills, something that's actually going to make them better? Or is the punchline buy this, mail that, uh, Facebook this, tweet that? What is it? Which is it? You need to decide what kind of office and brokerage you need to have. You need to decide if you want your agents to be financially independent. Financially, guys, when your agents, brokers, office managers, when your agents are making money, you don't work as hard. Because they're happy. They're not complaining. <laughs> so do everything in your power to educate up your agents. And agents, listen, here's the bottom line. Your brokers and office managers, their job is not to educate you. Oh, Tim, I, what are you talking about? It's true. They're, unless they ex- have actually obtained some level of certification as far as training or coaching, actually have put forth a significant effort to become really good at providing high levels of training. Like, for example, someone who's a Harris certified coach. If you happen to have a Harris certified coach, someone's getting certified now in your office, and that's your office manager, your brokerage, count yourself lucky. But for the rest of you, leave your office managers and brokers alone. Their job is actually to make it so that you essentially create a safe legal structure for you to conduct business. It's not their job to provide you leads. It's not their job to basically motivate you or to, you know, it's not their job to doctor fill you. It's not their job to basically run an adult daycare. It's their job to provide a safe legal structure for you, to hold your, for you to conduct business. It's your job to know how to sell real estate. It's your job to know how to close transactions and make money. It's your job to learn how to be a smart entrepreneur and businessman or woman. That is your job. Are you going to do it? Are you going to listen to me? Are you going to fail out of the business like so many other people do? Guys, listen, we're not here just to tell you what you want to hear. That's what everybody else does. Everybody else is just trying to placate you. Tell you, oh, it's easy. It's all about feelings and friendship and passion. No, guys, those things are all kind of pretty much bullshit. Those are all words that snake oil salesmen use when they're trying to basically seduce you into being lazy. What we're here to tell you is the truth. Look, you know what we're saying is true. If you go to the gym today, you know, it sucks if you're really putting in the effort. If you go to Orange Theory today, as so many of you are, Julie and I do, you know, three, four days a week, it sucks every time. It's never easy. It always sucks. It's never good. It's never fun. It may be great when you're done with it, but that's about it. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how work is supposed to be. That's how work is supposed to be when you're actually getting results. That's how work is supposed to be when you're actually making money, making a profit. I know this is a very obtuse and almost confusing thought for many of you, but the reality of it is, is intuitively, you know what I'm saying, is true. So stop struggling with it. That's the reason that you're not making more money. That's probably the reason why you're not having your best year ever if that's the case. And for the rest of you you need to figure out how to make it not just your best first six months but your net basically the next six months six months after that and six months after that guys get it so julie let's get to point number one
1: yes you got it so point number one what's the difference between rich people and how they think versus everyone else well they set their expectations and goals higher than quote normal people do They set what most would consider to be unreasonably high goals. When you're aiming at the target, say you're an archer, you're aiming at that target downfield, do you aim at it, below it, or above it if you plan on hitting it? Rule of thumb, it's okay to fall a little short of a big goal, but it's not okay not to have the goal at all. Of course you're gonna aim a little bit higher than that target if you plan to have that bullseye downfield for what you're shooting at. I think most of you guys have a good visual on that you're certainly not aiming lower than that target and you're not going to hit anything if the target doesn't exist at all so not okay to continue any single day this year without having specific goals point number two rich people are comfortable being uncomfortable they don't wait to perfect their skills they understand earning while they learn So make the commitment today to stop getting ready to get started to someday feel like implementing if the mood strikes and it's not raining. Use the affirmation, I'm a doer, I do things now, I get things done. Take steps towards your goals daily, steps. The accumulation effect is on your side, in a good or bad way depending on the action that you take. The accumulation effect can work against you if you have the accumulation of inaction But when you take simple steps every day, it will catch up to you in a meaningful way. You can't just, you know, set the goal and think about it. You've got to take little steps. And I think that that's a major difference, Tim, is not thinking of the giant goal, but thinking of it in incremental steps and taking them. So point number three, unless you want to hover there.
0: No, that's definitely it. And that's basically what essentially we try to do with you guys on this podcast, is we're helping you to hopefully drill down and cut through all the Mickey Mouse I'm uh, doing a, a mastermind for the wonderful office out in Hawaii, Elite Pacific, and we're, and I was in the midst of uh, creating a survey because I'm just kind of taking their temperature before we start this mastermind. And one of the questions basically, and I know what, I kind of predict what all the answers are going to be, but I'm just make, confirming. But one of the questions is basically, is how focused are you? Are you finding yourself being pulled a million different directions? And and that's the problem in this business because we don't have enough confidence in our abilities, generally speaking, to know how to think about something. And so what we try to do on this podcast, for example, is we try to give you guys an educational backbone to know when something's Mickey Mouse so that you can say this is Mickey Mouse and these are the reasons why. That's the reason Julie and I drill down like we do. So when you are listening to us, you start to basically adopt a business mindset so that when somebody comes to you and tries to seduce you with the easy button, you can say this is bullshit. And in your, you can say this out loud, but I suggest you say this in your head. This is bullshit. And this is why this is bullshit. I realize this person is just trying to basically seduce my easy button, make it make me believe that I can somehow, you know, get a result without actually putting in any real work. And they might even say things like, well, your money's go- you're going to put your money to work for you so you can have more time to do other things. Those are all the types of things that they've been saying forever that are just trying to dissuade you from actually doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. You need to trust your instincts and we will reinforce your intuition about a lot of these things so that you can learn to say no. Because when you learn to say no, not even, don't even put yourself in a position to hear it in the first place. Just hit delete on the email. Just hit you know, de- block on your phone. And when you do that, you're going to find that you are a lot less distracted, and then you can finally focus, follow one course until successful. And that's the biggest challenge that so many of you have, because you don't focus, you don't follow one course until successful. You just do a little this, a little that. Oh, so-and-so is coming to the office. Oh, so-and-so is doing a webinar. So-and-so, oh, I heard this, the other thing. And then you patchwork quilt this thing that you think is a business plan together, and the next thing you know, you're out of business, because you didn't follow one course until successful. Why do you do that? I think it's a lot of times because, frankly, you don't have the business acumen to realize that that's not how you run a successful business. That's not how you actually become successful. You follow one course until successful. You don't just follow a bunch of little courses and hopefully they'll get you to where you want to go. That doesn't even make sense intuitively, does it? So guys, listen, that's the reason we drilled on on the show. That's the real reason we drilled on in our coaching programs. That's the reason that what we're saying and what we ask you to do is very simple, direct, and frankly, it's it's designed to bring you the most success, the quickest. There's no easy buttons or gimmicks in what we ask you guys to do. It's real work, but it's the type of work that will get you consistent results. Julie?
1: That's it. So point number three, rich people have a mindset of abundance, not of fear and scarcity. And, you know, we've done entire podcasts on the difference between abundance and scarcity mindsets. So you can go back and find those It's also a big part of Harris Rules that talks about the difference between the scarcity and abundance mindset. Well, because wealthy people have a mindset of abundance, they are okay with making, having, and creating wealth. They are not weird about making money like some of our listeners occasionally are. They understand that money is the result of being of service to others and they don't apologize for their success. In other words, they're not weird about money. That's a whole other podcast in itself related to scarcity and abundance, but I won't hover there. Point number four, they remain in curiosity and out of ego. They never say things like, yeah, I already know that. I've already heard all that before. Warren Buffett is a great example of someone who is always actively learning, actively assimilating new studies into his outlook, his speeches and his expertise. Napoleon Hill said, quote, the way of success is the way of continuous pursuit of knowledge. They don't get stuck in their ego you know tim i was just writing a, a piece for our updated book and it's talking about how it's actually the agents who are doing really well that fall into this faster because they've had let's say their best quarter ever they are more susceptible to the easy button seduction because they've got the money to throw at it and there are even some office managers and i have direct quotes on this who have said well you only prospect till you can afford to buy leads Okay, which will directly diminish your skill and drive your business into the ground. But aside from that, so the best agents stay in curiosity. They don't let their ego run the show, even when they can afford to do it. So, again, each of these points, I think, really should be its own show. But anything you want to add to that, Tim?
0: No, not really. I mean, other than I get the temptation of looking for the novel, you guys, sometimes you get uh, to believing that you get bored. That's really the bottom line. So if you start, if you keep doing what you're doing and, and there's different, Julie, we need to go back and do a, um, a dust off call on one of our old topics and and maybe make sure this is in the book, the stages of learning, Mm -hmm. you know, the stages of mastery. That's
1: exactly Um, what we're talking about. Yep. Yep. It's in the book. Okay.
0: So the state, right. So the state, the stages of mastery guys, Uh, Julie, do you remember what those are off the top of your head? I don't want to screw them up.
1: Yep. Are you ready? It is. Yeah. Formulation. That's getting ready to get started and coming up with the goal. Then you have concentration which is actually working on it and grinding it out to a large extent. This is when you feel like you're a little bit in the salt mine. You're honing your skills. You're learning your presentations, your scripts, all the rest, okay? Then after you've done that and you cannot skip concentration to get to the next stage, which is what everyone wants and craves, that's momentum. And then we have breakthrough. And it's the two stages in the middle that we're most talking about here. The concentration, the doing of the work is what we are pretty much constantly grinding you guys on because that's where the money's at, that's where the learning's at, that's where you earn while you learn and you're getting better every single day, every presentation, every time you're in front of clients. But that's also the hard part and that's the part that everybody wants to skip so they can get into the magical momentum. Well in the book we talk about momentum really being when you've got your magic number of listings needed at all times in order for you to meet or exceed your financial goals. But the problem is nobody likes the concentration stage and in fact in the book i was just writing about this this morning that uh you know a couple podcasts ago we were telling a story about how i generally have a poor outlook on my own cardio (laughs) at orange fitness and how much how much incredible concentration i've had to go through to get through that and get better at it and how much that really sucks well there's a lot of things in real estate that are just like that upgrading your listing presentation, where you're actually using scripts and objection handling and closing, the first few times you do that, of course you're gonna be freaking out. Is it gonna work? This is different, I'm trying out something, I'm not just relying on, you know, having my makeup together and turning on my charm. Of course it's gonna be harder, and of course you're gonna put yourself at risk. That's why it's tough. But you've gotta live through that day after day, appointment after appointment, if you ever plan on getting to momentum, ever. You cannot skip concentration, so since you asked. <laughs> so well, station, thank you. I figured you, I figured
0: you did. You're, you're the academic on the call, certainly not me. But no, so no, the moral no. of the story, though, is what happens is a lot of times you guys get to the point where you're in that third or that fourth phase where you basically are and you get bored. And I get it. Listen, yeah. trust me, boredom I understand completely. Yeah, boredom is the enemy. So you basically start looking for novel ideas. Here's what I mean by bored the business almost becomes it's not like it's not a challenge but doing what you're doing to basically this is you know i hope all of you guys get to this point by the way so it's it's no longer like there's no real it's not creative anymore it doesn't feel like you're really doing anything other than just showing up at the post office every day and putting in your time and you're getting consistent results. You're showing up and you're doing your lead generation. You're taking your listing a day. Everything just feels automated. And here's where a lot of agents who are unfamiliar with making a lot of money, unfamiliar with having large levels of success, this is where they screw up their lives. They start over. They start thinking, well, they need to add something. I need to build a team. I need to become a broker. I need to make my brokers larger. I need to do all this other bullshit. Whereas the reality of it was, is what you need to do is get better at what you're. Are already doing if you're able to get to and keep a certain number of listings that you have to have according to your magic number formula you need to maybe consider adding 10 more and doing learning how to basically manage that level of business but where your growth listen real estate will not selling real estate will not make you rich listeners selling real estate will not make you rich listeners get that clear in your head it's what you do from the profit from selling real estate that will make you rich but if you don't have any profit then you're never gonna get rich. So the best real estate businesses and the best businesses period are boring businesses. That's what Warren Buffett looks for. He looks for boring businesses with predictable cash flow. So I get the fact that our industry loves the novel. Oh my God, did you hear about this new Facebook app? Or you know whatever plaid suit wearing grease balls come into town this week to try to sell you some other little gimmick about direct mail. Oh my God, did you hear this new thing? If you don't do it, you're gonna miss out. People that are at the top of their game, they don't even hear that crap because they don't even listen for it because they know better. It's all the rest of you guys that get sucked into that. So look, the bottom line is, is a really well-run business is a boring business. When the business is boring, it's producing consistent cash flow. That consistent cash flow produces consistent profit. That consistent profit you set aside and you make yourself rich by reinvesting and ideally paid off rental properties. That's how you do it. That's the easiest formula. That's what's worked forever, like all the way back to the Romans and Greeks. That's how they did it. The greatest wealth holders in the history of humanity have always held it through real estate. Think about that. What do people do when they make a lot of money from their IPOs and their stocks and bonds? What do they do? They diversify into real estate. Hello. You guys are in the business already. Don't make it that complicated. Next point, Julie. Next point is
1: number five. Wealthy people are consciously seeking new and improved exposure to success. Art auctions, museum events, charity functions, things they're curious about. Don't just focus on people that are successful in real estate, think more like Napoleon Hill did. Study success, get out of your natural comfort zone. Preview homes that are two or three times your average sale price, maybe even 10 times your average sale price in some markets. Go to new events that are outside of your natural comfort zone. If you live in fear of the luxury market because you have no exposure to it, go preview 10 homes that are like that and figure out what those people do for a living. Go to charitable events. Go to things where that's maybe making you a little bit uncomfortable. That's okay. Study things and increase your knowledge base so that you're more interesting, so that you're more interested in other people. It's, I mean, it makes for a lot better lifestyle, first of all. But it is something that is common to wealthy people. They're always looking for new and improved exposure to success. It does make it a lot more interesting. Point number six, and then I have got to get to Premier. They don't give yes, up man. or give in easily. They don't stop at the first no. They don't call it quits when they don't get immediate gratification. This is a huge, huge issue in real estate. Success. Here's a, a quote from Winston Churchill. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Okay. Keeping in mind that the close of a sales transaction typically happens after asking five to eight times. How fast do you give up? Oftentimes, Tim, agents will say, you know, if I call somebody a third time, does that make me a stalker? Well, no, but you might feel like it. Keep in mind that it takes five to eight asks on average to actually get that appointment, to actually close that deal. How fast do you give up? Stop giving up and giving in too easily. And I'm going to toss it back to you, Tim, so I can get ready for premiere. And then we'll wrap up the rest of these points tomorrow.
0: Yep. Thank you, Julie. Excellent job. So guys, listen, here's the bottom line. If you need help, ask for a free coaching call. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And also, for those of you who are interested in becoming a real estate coach, go to harriscertifiedcoach.com, harriscertifiedcoach.com and uh read the information about how to become a certified coach with us the scroll on that scroll down on that page and read the faqs if you think you're a fit for it just go ahead and fill out that brief form and then we'll follow up with you um, we are closing out on the first class for harris certified coach i think it's we're going to be completely full by the end of this week and then the class is going to be uh, the program is going to be closed for the next 90 days as we launch class number one to become Harris certified coaches. So check that out if you're interested in becoming a real estate coach. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com.